Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Today's guest, Alvin Billings, is the author of Bronx Brat. It's a fabulous story about his childhood growing up in the Bronx, and I am so delighted to have him here as a first-time author, but certainly not a last-time author, since he's already busy with the sequel. Alvin, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you, and, and, and this must have been quite the fun walk down memory lane when you were writing this. Yes, it was. So, but, so how uh, did you decide to do this? That's quite a project. Well, actually, I decided to do this about uh, 10 years ago. And uh, I just sort of had an instinct that someday I would write a book uh, about myself and my experiences in growing up. And uh, as a natural consequence of that, I might also do a sequel, which I'm working on now. <laughs> Now, you were an author or a writer, published writer before this. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience? Uh, yes, I had a, a very long career in Wall Street. And uh, part of that career was as associate editor of Traders Magazine and Security Traders Monthly. They were two competing publications. Oh, uh, how were you but, allowed to work for both? <laughs> it was very interesting about the only thing they could both, uh, uh, that both publications could agree on was that they liked me. <laughs> Fabulous. Other than that, they were rivals. So, so each one knew I was writing for the other, incidentally. Oh, they did? Okay. There yes. was no, you didn't have to use pen names in different places. No, no. Very open about it. How was this different than writing for Wall Street? I'm sure it was quite the difference. Well, I had uh, occasionally assigned topics. And sometimes the publisher would just say, it's your choice. I don't have anything special that I, I want to see in this month. So you pick it. So among the assigned topics would be the, uh, the trader of the month, for example. And uh, it would feature uh, some uh, prominent or not so well-known trader on one of the Wall Street houses. Or sometimes I was out of town. Remember one time I did a special on uh, uh, the brokers of Richmond, Virginia which has a branch of the Federal Reserve there and is otherwise a banking center of the Middle South. So there were seven brokerage firms in the, enti in the entire town. And I spent the whole day down there, uh, going down the main street, interviewing one after the other. So uh, that was one of the few times that I got to travel on my trip. Most of the time I, I wrote from, uh, from home and just occasionally checking in with the office Right, right, exactly. Now you said, how many years ago did you think about starting this book? Uh, about 10 years ago. Wow, 10 years. 
you know, I on, yes, I was on a uh, vacation with uh, my wife Claire in the uh, Poconos, and uh, we were having a great time. But sometimes uh, we were running out of activities, and there was a rainy day there, in which I actually improvised. And uh, since we didn't have any prepared material, I just had every uh, and the lights went out, it, all the power went out. Oh my! So I just uh, stepped in and started uh, talking about uh, uh, my background and all that, and everybody else just asked me to keep going. It was, it was supposed, it was starting as a round robin, but a lot of people were either very reticent or they just didn't have very interesting lives or they didn't think they had very interesting lives. So it evolved on me and then I said, hey, maybe, maybe it's about time that I, I did a memoir of myself. I know I had some very unique experiences in the Bronx, like saving my father's life when I was 10 years old and, uh, and uh, staging a coup d'etat in my high school class <laughs> and uh, taking over from the teacher and uh, getting kicked out, of course, and then reinstated by uh, political influence. I, I am loving that uh, it is a, a dark and rainy night with no power in the Poconos and, and a little, you know, initiation by you to get people talking made you have that light bulb moment that, hey, I got a story. I'm going to write that story. What a fabulous story. Just the story behind the story is. So I, uh, I started writing. I had my laptop computer along with me and I dashed off some preliminary sketches. For, uh, but actually, most of what I did just sort of suggested itself. So I, when you write a memoir, you don't have the uh, ex uh, you don't have the problem of a uh, novelist in that these things are based on incidents that actually happened to you. So it's just a matter of what you include and what you don't. So uh, that helped get me off to a start. I mean, of course, I I, I have written fiction stories. And uh, in my years on Wall Street, I did uh, uh, articles on, uh, not just on people and personalities, but on uh, various topics. I did one on the, the workings of the Federal Reserve of San Francisco. And uh, I tried to make something which otherwise would be a kind of a dull topic uh, into something interesting. Right, right. And I succeeded and occasionally I got something uh, to do. I would say one of my uh, prize stories got me my first recognition off of Wall Street. Uh, and the name of the story was Ulysses S. Grant, soldier, president, and stockbroker. Oh, Not many people are aware of what Grant did after he, he left his, uh, the White House after two, serving two terms. So uh, it made an interesting story, I thought, because it was uh, his son was a, uh, a Wall Street attorney and in a reversal of filial roles, he brought his father into the business. I love that. I love that. So now, now on to your own memoir here. As you started working on this, was there anything that surprised you? Did you maybe uncover something that you didn't know about in your past? Well, uncover is a good word to use because these things were buried in my memory. I hadn't thought about them in, so, in some instances in several decades. But uh, as I started to write, uh, what happened before and what happened after the particular incident, I came back in my mind and suggested the uh, and suggested the next uh, incident. 
But uh, my writing time was very limited in those days. I was still very busy with my Wall Street career. And there were times I just didn't feel very inspired altogether. So I wrote an occasional couple of pages here and there, occasional couple of chapters. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was interrupted by uh, uh, just when I was getting close to uh, starting to, ha to have a workable draft, uh, fate intervened. And I had a very serious illness, which kept me from writing for over a year. I uh, had a near fatal heart attack. Oh gosh! I was saved by a very skillful surgeon, one of the best in the country. And that prompted me to get my act together after that, after I recovered. Uh, and they said I'd be laid up for several months. Well, I wasn't. I was only laid up for a month. Uh, and it was kind of like a miraculous cure. And uh, I'll, I'll be putting this in the, in the second book that I'm uh, writing, the sequel to the first book. Uh, Bronx Brat is, uh, will be succeeded by a sequel, which will pick up the, the narrative of my early years when I, uh, when I became a man and then my Wall Street career and my psychic career. I got very much interested in psychic phenomenon and the question of whether uh, the human body survives its bodily death. And I was prompted to do this by, my, by the early and sudden uh, death of my sister at age 16. And uh, on and off, I, I went into uh, various uh, psychic adventures. I joined groups. I had some experiences of my own, which I'll detail in the second book. But uh, I, I felt that uh, God had spared me for a reason, and part of that reason was to finish the book. So I finished the book. It was very painstaking. I, uh, uh, being a former editor of other people's writings myself, I, I took very great painstaking care uh, that uh, would to polish the manuscript and, and work on it. And then finally, towards the end, um, well, okay, almost a year ago, I finished it. And even I found that when putting it into printed form, I discovered things that, uh, with my wife's help, Claire, as a retired high school teacher herself, not English art, but she, she did cover for English classes occasionally. And she was my first and my, my toughest critic. <laughs> so, uh, she helped me put, put it together into final form. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. And I, and I love the shout out. Family support in writing a book is always, always appreciated. Um, is this you on the cover as a young boy? Yes, oh, the uh, cover shows me at age three and a half. This was in the summer of 1941. Wow. And uh, I was uh, kind of big for my age. Yes, I see that. Uh, but, uh, and I was, I was an extremely bright kid. I could speak very comprehensively and uh, fluently in sentences, and I was very much into politics. So I, I would get up on the park bench and being completely uninhibited, as most three and a half year olds are, <laughs> uh, I, would, I would give my, my opinion, uh, my soapbox opinion, so to speak, right, right. on uh, FDR and the New Deal. And I, I get, sometimes I'd gather quite a crowd there. I'm sure a three and a half year old standing up on a park bench uh, spewing politics would create quite the crowd. That's for mm -hmm. sure. Yes. Absolutely. Are you still politically minded today or is that just a child? Oh, yes, I, I am. All right. Uh, I joined a, I, I joined a, uh, a local political club, but I, uh, I got kind of disappointed because they were so 
they were so bogged down in, in local issues and all that. Yeah, and uh, I would have I would have preferred it to um, if I had uh, been able to get in. But I I am participating in the uh, present political campaign. I have very strong feelings about uh, what's happening in our country, and even even and even though. Uh, my wife is not uh, in the best of health, and uh, I have a few problems of my own. I'm somehow going to be active in the final stages of this campaign. Too much is at stake here. Well, well good for you, even though uh, you have... I I've always been interested in politics. That's, that's just fabulous. Sometimes more than others. <laughs> so tell us about some, I'll say, tips for future authors out there that are listening to you and they're saying, I want to be that. I want to I get my story down where do i even begin well the best place the west bay to begin i can go by my own experience is to first make some kind of a general outline because you, you want to uh, uh, and this applies to a memoir and it also applies to an autobiography uh, an autobiography is a much more exact uh rendering of names and dates and uh a memoir allows you a little leeway so you can skip over parts and all that. It doesn't have to be completely down to the last dot as, a, as an autobiography does. Uh, for example, the autobiography of Ben Franklin, which was which is a classic. Yes. Uh, and uh, memoir, I would say I was inspired by memoir by uh, Mark Twain's Tom Sawyer. And uh, although my adventures did not take place on the Mississippi, they took place on the Hudson and on the East Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I had I had some uh, pretty uh, uh, comprehensive adventures. So anyway, I, I put down some ideas, and then I tried to mesh them together and flesh them out. And I just started writing one chapter at a time, and one thing led to another. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how long the book was going to be, or how much the, or uh, how much. But I, I discovered that once I actually started the process, things came back to me. Oh, okay. And since I. So if you're writing a story, your, your own autobiography, there are a lot of interesting things even in a common everyday life. You might have been in an unusual situation. You might have been in an uh, unusual location. But you, ha you had some experiences that you can draw on. Right. And if you, if you don't have enough experiences to draw on, you don't think your book would qualify as a memoir, then you can just make it as a novel and use a completely fictitious character, and that way you can embellish it whatever way you uh, you want without reference to what, what actually happened. Right, right. Oh, that's a great, great tip there. So, you know, depending upon the scope of what you want to recount in the book, um, if you want the, the full picture details and everything, you're over here in autobiography. Um, if you want a little less structure as far as needing to recount everything you're over here in memoir, but you do have the option, like you said, of fictionalizing uh, your life or a, a segment from your life, in which case you get to determine how it ended too, and, and or at least things in that scenario. Excellent, excellent advice. How, how about writing? Do you write every day? Um, do you have a set place? You know, how do you manage this? Well, I have a set place and you're looking at it right now. Uh, one of the three bedrooms and upstairs uh, here is uh, converted into my office. I've got a computer with two screens. I think oh. you, can only, uh, you can only see one in the picture, but I, ha I also have a screen on my left-hand side here. 
I, I wonder if I could show it. Let's see. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Okay. So I have a 40 inch main screen and a 24 inch separate screen. I have all my things together. Uh, sometimes I, I, I try to write only when I'm uh, inspired. So, uh, and that's, that doesn't happen every day. Sometimes I'm busy and I don't write at all. Sometimes I'll just do a few sentences. Sometimes I'll knock off a couple of pages. And uh, all in all, from the time I got out of the hospital till I, uh, till I finished the, uh, uh, the book was another two years or so, but I, but I was determined to go faster. I think that the set, learning by experience having, um, and Stephanie, I can thank you for this. You've taught me a lot about the publishing end of the business. Um, and, and that is uh, how to market your book. And I never gave that much thought while I was writing. And I said, well, okay, well, I'll finish the manuscript and, uh, and then I'll try to sell it someplace or do something with it. But uh, that, it took longer than I thought it would. But learning that on the basis of what I did, I think this, the second book, I could probably finish within a year. Oh, wow, picking up speed. Well, you yes. have experience under your belt yeah. from having finished the first one. So that's, that's just amazing to be able to finish the second one in much shorter time. I noticed that uh, some of the uh, Amazon comments on my book, um, uh, I was very pleased at the response there. I have uh, 16 responses of which uh, 15 gave me a five-star rating and one gave me a four-star rating. <laughs> And uh, I found that very gratifying and also very stimulating to know that my, uh, and several, several people said that they'd be looking forward to my next book. Oh. And I uh, hope I continue to write and uh, I will probably try to oblige them. Wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that not only are you getting readers, just regular readers, but readers that can appreciate the location and time period. Readers that could read your story and feel like, wow, did I know that guy? Because I grew up in that same area. That's, that's kind of the fun in a memoir is being able to read things that you know on a personal level. And, and that's just yeah. wonderful. But uh, I opened the book in an unusual way because I spoke about my specific inspiration. I had a general background inspiration. I, I just... I knew in the back of my head that I'd finish the book someday, someday, and my, uh, my near brush with the hereafter uh, kind of speeded things up. Yeah. Uh, but um, I actually ran into a childhood enemy with his brother. Oh. Uh, and uh, that kind of prompted me to, to how, how to actually organize the book. So the first chapter is actually a flashback from the current time to, uh, to my teenage years, and then a, a second flashback from that to, uh, to the, my beginnings and my family origin and my birth and so on and so forth. But uh, this protocol on how to greet a, um, a former childhood friend whom you haven't seen in many years, but nobody ever told you, what happens if you meet an enemy? The kid who used to beat you up all the time. You know? <laughs> so uh, I found this very interesting. He was very uncomfortable because he's a very respectable person now. He, uh, he owns the pharmacy in the, in the neighborhood. And I think he was a little uncomfortable at uh, encountering me. So I said, well, that in itself is, is an interesting. So I'm gonna start the book that way and then go into a flashback. So 
this is a, an afterthought because I had already written out my uh, uh, my uh, the years and the incidents I wanted to cover and mm -hmm. all that, but I still had a lot of organizing to do. But um, not this kind of style would not fit everybody. So I'm not saying that you should copy what I did, but uh, get down some kind of general idea and then let each idea expand on itself and lead to the next one. And uh, write only when you really feel motivated. If you, can dis if you have enough self-discipline and your uh, time circumstances and your family and your career, whatever you're doing, uh, allow you that time, uh, then uh, write regularly. But sometimes I have not written in a week or two weeks or more even. And, uh, but uh, I, I sort of developed a sense of discipline I got as I went along. But I can imagine how much more difficult it would have been if I had been writing a complete novel and uh, had to invent all my characters. Mm -hmm. I, think it would, I think it would have been much more difficult. Absolutely. But doable. But doable, definitely. Now, were there any uh, things that were especially challenging the first time around that you think the second time around now you've kind of learned your lesson on? Well, now, having the benefit of uh, seeing uh, the reviews for my first book, I, I think I have enough. And some people mentioned specifically so, some things that turned them on and all that. So it, it kind of gave me a clue as to what sells. <laughs> good, good. Okay. For the audience. I like that. I like that. Learning. And I feel I'm, I'm operating under a handicap now, which hopefully will not uh, last too long. And that is the general coronavirus situation, which oh, yes. keeps a lot of people at home. And it, it, uh, it closes off a lot of uh, what normally would be yes. uh, authors' uh, promotions, uh, right. such as uh, book signings, uh, lectures, uh, library dates, things like that, exactly. and uh, a couple of organizations I belong to. So uh, with that handicap, we managed to get the book out anyway. Absolutely, and, and hopefully and it won't be forever, and we'll be able to have uh, some of those live events coming back to us soon. Well, I you are hugely inspiring to people who want to write there first, but even more so that you, I see you have inspired yourself so that that second one is rolling off the computer uh, faster and hopefully a little less painfully than the first one. Is yes, I have a, a little over a hundred pages written already. Wow. Which uh, may be as much as a quarter of the, uh, the uh, overall content. Right, right. Uh, so uh, it went faster. Mm -hmm. And uh, another point I'd like to make, which is important, is uh, don't let your age uh, hold you back. Although I am a published writer, uh, an author of a book, my first book is coming out, I, I am 82 years old now. Wow. Listen to that. I'm launching, launching a new career as an author. Oh, Alvin, you are such an inspiration to our viewers. 82 years old, and yes, like you, you said, you have written before, but releasing your first book at 82. So it is, it is never too late to start something new. Absolutely. Any and also, I found it's helped me personally because uh, I'm never short of uh, things to do. I uh, trade actively in the stock market when conditions permit, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I actively peruse... Uh, Peruse. So peruse or peruse? Oh, good good question. We're New Yorkers, so we probably say peruse, right? <laughs> uh, I actively peruse current events and keep up with uh, things. I belong to a couple of organizations which have invited me to 
when the time comes to make a presentation to them about my book. So like you say, we're putting that on yes, the back yes. burner now until conditions allow us to uh, 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 do that. Soon, I hope. Soon, I hope. Uh, yeah. Any final words of advice for our viewers out there? Yeah, uh, there will be days that you don't feel like writing. And uh, when you tackle, but try not to let too long pass by between uh, adding to what you're doing and going on to the next page or the next chapter, because if you let too long a period of time goes by, then the excuses become like self-generating. Oh, uh, uh, I got to uh, uh, take care of the uh, uh, household chores meantime, or I got to get to the store to buy something or whatever, you know, and then uh, days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months. So uh, sometimes, even if you don't feel inspired, then do some review, you know, look over what you've written and say, oh, let's see, maybe I can change the wording a little bit, uh, make this sound better, uh, use your computer tools, you, uh, uh, you have a, a grammar correct and speller corrections built in to your uh, writing uh, tools on your computer, use them. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Alvin, I can't thank you enough for joining us today and um, inspiring not only a bunch of readers, but future writers. And if you're stuck in your house and you're looking for something to read, uh, Bronx Brat is available on Amazon.com and at um, other online retailers. And if you're interested in writing your own book, um, certainly please take a page out of Alvin's playbook and know that it is never too late. Alvin, I can't thank you enough and we and the rest of your readers can't wait for volume two. Thanks. Hopefully within a year. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing.